I'm ready. Hello? What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, just, honey, it's a yeah. very tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Terry and uh, I worship an unconventional deity. The power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Yes. Well, uh, I think en Enrique's right. Whoever becomes the President of the United States is going to have a, a deep, strong interest in having a strong relationship with Mexico. It's our neighbor, our friend, and one of our biggest trading partners. Um, I think I've made myself clear, uh, setting aside whatever the candidates are saying, that America is a nation of immigrants. That's our strength. Unless you are one of the first Americans, unless you are a native American, somebody somewhere in your past showed up from someplace else. And they didn't always have papers. Well, <clears throat> there you have it. There's the Prez uh, apparently equating our coming uh, to America because there were obviously were laws on the books that would have prohibited us sure. from mm -hmm. coming to this new land. And we should have known better. That we should have, we, I mean, you'd think that we would have got thrown in jail or something uh, because we were illegal immigrants and we didn't need our papers. I mean, we stole the land. Um, I mean, clearly, you can go down to any county, go to the deputy recorder, and uh, they will they will show you the papers. They will show you the plat lines that said that uh, Chief Running Bull uh, owned this at one time and been in his family for many, many years. And consequently, you stole it from him. Or, golly, no, no, that's not how it worked. It it Boy. Be, no, it can't be. Wait a second. <clears throat> this is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. This is June 30, the last day of June 2016. How many? Can you believe it? Wow. Tomorrow is the 1st of July. Uh, this is episode number... 21. 21. 21. Hey. 21. Excellent. <clears throat> um, a fair amount of crazy going on in the in the world today. Fair? A fair amount. Mm -hmm. uh, you know who Nigel Farage is? Farage is? Oh, yes. Nigel Farage. Yes, he he's poking <laughs> the alum, Illuminati in the eye. Yes. Uh, th <laughs> there's a six-minute clip of him. Going nanny, Speaking nanny, poo, poo, we <laughs> to the European you. Parliament. And it's really <laughs> fun to, to listen to. Oh, I loved it. Nigel's great. Funny, isn't it? Have, 
This is the guy that runs this, apparently. He's the president. The president of the EU president. Even if you don't think Schultz. Basically telling him, shut up and listen. We're a democracy, remember? Well, thank you, Mr. Schultz. Isn't it funny? Yes. When I came here 17 years ago, and I said that I wanted to lead a campaign to get Britain to leave the European Union, you all laughed at me. Well, I have to say, you're not laughing now, are you? (laughs) (laughs) The reason you're so upset... Here, here. (laughs) The reason you're so angry has been perfectly clear from all the angry exchanges this morning. You, as a political project, are in denial. You're in denial that your currency is failing. You're in denial... No, 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 none of that. Well, just look at the Mediterranean. (laughs) No, 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 as a... He's poking the bear. ...poverty (laughs) on Greece and the rest of the Mediterranean, you've done very well. And you're in denial over Mrs. Mrs. Merkel's call last year for as many, any people as possible to cross the Mediterranean into the European Union has led to massive divisions between countries and within countries. But the biggest problem you've got, and the reason, the main reason the United Kingdom voted the way that it did, is you have, by stealth, by deception, without ever telling the truth to the British or the rest of the peoples of Europe, you have imposed upon them a political union. You've imposed upon them a political union. And when the people in 2005 in the Netherlands and France voted against that political union, when they rejected the constitution, you simply ignored them and brought the Lisbon Treaty in through the back door. Which was a, kind of an insane treaty, by the way. Well, it all is. What happened? What happened last Thursday was a remarkable result. It was indeed a seismic result, not just for British politics, for European politics, but perhaps even for global politics too. Because what the little people did, what the ordinary people did, what the people who who have been oppressed over the last few years and seen their living standards go down, they rejected the multinationals. They rejected the merchant banks. They rejected big politics. And they said, actually, we want our country back. We want our fishing waters back. We want our borders back. We want to be an independent, self-governing, normal nation. And that is what we have done, and that is what must happen. And in doing so, here, here. And in doing so, we now offer a beacon of hope to Democrats across the rest of the European continent. I'll make one prediction this morning. The United Kingdom will not be the last member state to leave the European Union. Yeah. He was right about Europe. He so was right question, about the UK. So The question is, what do we do next? Or Britain. Now, it is up to the British government to invoke Article 50. And I have to say that I don't think we should spend too long in doing it. I totally agree, uh, Mr. Juncker, that the British people have voted. We need to make sure that it happens. But what I would that like to see... will be interesting to see if they don't do is that. ...is a grown-up and sensible attitude to how we negotiate a different relationship. So, right, right. Let's he be had grown a Cheshire, up. 
cat grin at the Roman. end. Did you see him at the yes, end sitting there? Fantastic. And but I love the, uh, I love this next piece where he's basically just gonna rip them apart for not ever doing anything. Yeah. Now, now I know, <laughs> I know that virtually none of you have ever done yes. a proper job in your lives. <laughs> Sounds like our government. Yeah. Or worked. Or worked in business, or worked created in trade, job. or indeed ever created a job. But listen, just listen. Mr. Farage, just a second. <laughs> you can't say that. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I do understand that you're getting emotional, but you're acting like UKIP normally acts in this chamber, so please. Which is Nigel Farage's right. party. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't imitate them. Mr. Farage, however, I would say one thing to you. Don't be mean. The fact that you're claiming nobody has done uh, a decent job in their life, you can't really say that. I'm sorry. No, you're quite, uh, you're quite right, Mr. Schultz. UKIP used to protest against the establishment, and now the establishment protests against UKIP. <laughs> Something has happened here. Oh, Let us snap. listen to some simple, pragmatic economics. We, between us, between your countries and my country, we do an enormous amount of business in goods and services. That trade is mutually beneficial to both of us. That trade matters. If you were to decide to cut off your noses, to spite your faces, and to reject any idea of a sensible trade deal, the consequences would be far worse for you than it would be for us. And I, even, That's kind of bold. even no deal <laughs> is better for the United Kingdom than the current rotten deal that we've got. But if we were to move to a position where tariffs were reintroduced on products like motor cars, then hundreds of thousands of German workers would risk losing their jobs. Oh man, that was a shot across the bow. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, if you don't like this, then we'll institute some tariffs. Mm, good work. So why don't we just be pragmatic, sensible, grown up, realistic, and let's cut between us. Let's cut between us a sensible tariff-free deal and thereafter, and thereafter, recognize that the United Kingdom will be your friend, that we will trade with you, we will cooperate with you, we will be your best friends in the world. But do that, do it sensibly, and allow us to go off and pursue our global ambitions and future. Thank you. Here, 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 here. We got a divorce. Now let's be nice for the sake of the kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to work together here. That was Nigel Farage uh, gloating. Quite, oh, quite, um, oh, yeah. Uh, that was a large amount. That was gloating. <laughs> Grandstanding, perhaps. Uh, but he is one of the best spoken uh, Brits out there. Uh, he has some classic. Oh, yeah. The, the problem, and it's not a problem, but, you know. It, as long as you're willing to be outspoken, it is easy to insult. Because what he said about none of them worked, right. <laughs> I am sure that, uh, you know, a huge percentage of them never uh, never created a business, never, you know, created a job. Um, they just basically sucked on the government's teat for however long. So, 
Still do. And do currently. Yep. So when the, the, the Brexit vote, which last show uh, was going down when we ended the show, uh, it was like happening. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion by the time yep. we wrapped up that it was going to happen. Uh, stock market fell. I think it was the biggest sell-off in the history of the stock market. Um, the, the, in, in like single day drop. Terrible. However, it's back now. Uh, it's almost it's at 17,929 right now. It's you, up. It's <clears throat> it's essentially back. Oh yeah, it's back. Yeah. So I mean, what what's the panic? All the elites are just losing their minds. But holy cow, they might have had a. They're changing the system. What are we gonna do? It's never gonna work out. Their currency's going to crap. It's just gonna suck. Well, well, uh, their currency might adjust, but that's not the if end you of the go, world. If you go on CNBC or some of these other ones, they like to put in these um, these headlines that like gold is has crashed mm-hmm. gold is garbage gold is in the toilet because it dropped it went from twelve hundred dollars an ounce to eleven hundred and fifty dollars an ounce it's in the toilet <laughs> right you know throw it away it's worthless now no that it's just more of the you know what it is now hyperbole. though gold now it's 1324 <laughs> well yeah yeah it was yeah. over 2000 back in what 2000 yeah it is it the heyday was seven. big wasn't it yeah the hershey company up 16 percent not bad almost wow. 17 16.8 why it's chocolate people are panicked chocolate. so they eat i don't know okay <laughs> good yeah the london uh ftse 100 is up 2.27 percent today not bad i mean really for for the everyone i mean our government almost across the board especially the president uh, John Kerry, and they now say, "Oh my goodness, Kerry, Secretary of State, uh, is saying that the goal." Let me find it here. The Obama administration's goal is to undermine the Brexit vote before Britain's historic vote. And this was this article, uh, June 30 today. This article came out before Britain's historic vote to leave the European Union last Thursday. The Obama administration was eager to pressure the British people to stay in. Uh, they lost. But they can't stop playing their games. On Tuesday, Secretary of State John Kerry, speaking at the Aspen Ideas Festival, was asked if Britain's decision could be, quote, walked back, and if so, how? Kerry responded, quote, I think there are a number of ways. I don't, as Secretary of State, want to throw them out today. Uh, I think that would be a mistake, but there are a number of ways. Let's be clear about this. The only way Kerry made... The only mistake Kerry made was that he, as an American official, announced in public that he's eagerly plotting ways to overturn the result of a democratic referendum held by a close ally of the U.S. Whoops. Mm -hmm. In April, President Obama went to Britain to give a lecture on why Britain shouldn't leave the European Union. After he spoke, the Leave campaign surged in the polls. If bossy foreigners could sell Britain on the EU, it wouldn't have voted out. Yeah, no kidding. But that's what Belgium has been doing, or Brussels, which is the what the head headquarters of the EU. I mean, it's it's all bureaucracy. So many of the regulations that the British people have to follow are not voted on. They right, they were just imposed put in place, upon right. by the EU. Like Brussels, yeah, yeah. 
Well, and wasn't it Obama that uh, kind of flouted in the face of the losers that elections have consequences? Deal with it. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. Well, what are you complaining? The people have voted. Yeah. They yeah. vote. They voted the democratically. Yeah. There you go. Now they have a mandate. Mm-hmm. So we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Unless it doesn't, uh, unless the shoe's on the other foot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm spent. Uh, Brexit, I'm kind of done with that. I mean, it, it's it, it at this point. I mean, they're not out. Not yet. I mean, it, it could take years before it's fully implemented. Yeah. And it's, so it's not pretty. But in well, other well, Nigel Farage also made a really good point, and that is uh, France and was it Belgium voted against the um, ratifying the EU constitution or whatever, and it didn't matter. Oh, the uh, yeah the. They had yes, a referendum. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I suppose yeah, the so powers that be could say, well, we no. Well, and Merkel's kind of playing the game to see about, you know, not pushing forward or, yeah, I don't know. It's it's special. Yeah. But back on this side of the pond. Oh, yes. Uh, Thursday, today, <clears throat> Secretary of Defense Ash Carter Ugh. announced that the U.S. military is dropping its policy of treating male and female troops according to their biology, and to be replaced by a policy based on a radical new gender ideology in the military, no doubt. This change was not precipitated by military needs, but by political correctness. After all, this article from uh, the Daily Signal today. Um, after all, the military is not stretched so thin that it must make special accommodations to help attract the estimated 0.6% of Americans <laughs> who self-identify as transgender in order to effectively fight and win our wars. We need RuPaul. <laughs> Moreover, people with gender dysphoria are allowed to serve, and many have served honorably, as long as their condition or treatments do not interfere with combat readiness. What the military did not allow before today was the disruption to morale, privacy, and readiness that results from a male serviceman demanding the right to dress as a female, have other address, have others address him as female, and be granted unfettered access to showers, lockers, bathrooms, and barracks designed for females. Well, I have a question about this. Is this just for people that are going through these? quote-unquote sex reassignment surgery, or this is just for people who decide one day that I'm of the opposite oh. sex. Well, so they the, don't actually have to do anything. They can just say that they're of the opposite sex. The ideology of the country right now, of mm-hmm. our culture, is saying that it's just your whatever you think you are. So the, I, if this is the same motivation, it has to be the same. Well, let me tell you, if that's the case... I was in the Marine Corps, and there are some <laughs> sick puppies in the Marine Corps. And uh, I don't know how you can logically um, dial back from this. If I said that I am a woman trapped in a man's body, but I'm a lesbian woman trapped in a men's body, and from and I'm a butch lesbian woman Trapped in the, in the man's body, so I like short hair. I don't like makeup. I, I'm very masculine. So I guess I get to use the women's showers. And still look like a guy. And still look like a guy. Hmm. Well, How sure. can they reason against that? Okay. 
I, <laughs> I can't see it. Anyways, keep going. That common sense policy, which has served our country well, was jettisoned today. In grappling with this issue, it helps to it helps to ask why the military has separated shower facilities and barracks for women and men in the first place. As with the question of women in combat, if the answer has some has something to do with biological realities, privacy, or interactions between the sexes, then the implications for morale and readiness are fairly evident. But the new gender ideology ignores these facts and replaces them with the subjective self-identification so that a person's sex is merely an arbitrary designation, quote, assigned at birth. And one can actually be male, female, neither, or a combination of male and female. At least according to new mandates from the Obama administration. Uh, some obvious questions arise from the new policy. Will biological males who identify as female be subject to physical fitness requirements for men or women? Will they be required to do 35 push-ups or 13 push-ups to pass basic training? Will American taxpayers be required to pay for expensive, quote, sex reassignment surgeries, including breast implants in men and shaving down Adam's apples when that money can be spent on better weapons or more training? Will service members who have addressed an officer as sir for years be booted out of the military if they refuse to address him as ma'am? Wouldn't the loss and impact on recruiting offset any supposed gains of allowing a relatively few transgender troops the ability to dress according to their chosen identity? These are but a few questions Carter neglected to address in his announcement. Instead, he said this, Embedded within our Constitution is the very principle that all Americans are free and equal. And we, as an army, are sworn to protect and defend the ve that very principle. And we are sworn to even die for that principle. So if we in uniform are willing to die for that principle, then we in uniform should be willing to live by that principle. Huh. This is too much. First, it doesn't violate equality to recognize relevant biological realities, and there is nothing in the text, structure, or history of the Constitution that elevates transgender people to a protected class akin to race. Second, whatever one thinks is the latest Supreme Court redefinition of marriage, it did not redefine what it means to be a man and a woman for all Americans, especially in the military context. There are painstakingly detailed regulations concerning uniforms, grooming, and even tattoo placement because troops must be trained to put the mission above self-expression, as lives depend on it. Regulations that recognize relevant biological realities help, not hinder, the mission. And as admitted by Carter in his statement, thousands of people with gender dysphoria were al already allowed to serve over the years because they respected the old policies. Finally, there are hundreds of thousands of veterans and current troops who were traumatized, wounded, or died fighting against Nazis, communist aggressors, and terrorists, yet believe that biological men should not be allowed into the same barracks and showers as women. Carter's dishon Carter dishonors their sacrifices by suggesting that these Americans who actually died for the Constitution failed to live by the Constitution themselves. This decision has nothing to do with the Constitution, but everything to do with the politics and a gender ideology run amok. Yep. Yep. Because why not? I mean, wh wh where else does it go? I mean, 
if now it doesn't matter, how, how do you have any order? How do you have any kind of, of uh, I mean, how, how do you have a system that you are allowed? I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's mind-blowing. One thing that we have um, in our favor is that we have a very professional military with um, people who are volunteers. So they go into it. They're not drafted into it. Um, And so up to this point, you have very well-trained, motivated people. Now, when you look at Sweden or Canada or, you know, other countries that are very socialist, uh, the reason why they are still successful, less so now, but still successful economically, is because of their history of, of a dynamic capitalistic economy. So they are, they are driving off of the fumes of a previous economy, in a sense. Our military can still be effective with this because, truthfully, um, it's not going to affect the average person. Because it's such a small minority. It's such a small minority, that- exactly. And in units um, like the Marine Corps or the 82nd Airborne or the Rangers or, or whatnot, um, people who do this, it'll be filtered out. Um, people that have a mental illness that is not recognized as a mental illness, it will show itself in other aspects of their life. It will come out... Um, <clears throat> Because if you have disorganized thinking, that has repercussions on how you live your life. Mm -hmm. So this isn't going to be something, you're not all of a sudden going to see some general who's a man dressing in in a woman's attire and walking, you know, it's not going to happen. So a lot of this is just posturing. It's not going to affect it. However, however, right now it's not going to. Mm -hmm. But as our country gets more and more depraved... Mm -hmm. It, it it will ultimately. I mean, this is this is one of those straws that will eventually break the cam- camel's back. The last big announcement they made was women in combat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, women are going to be equal in but, the combat roles. Well, so, w- w- was that preemptive to this? Because knowing that this comes out, some of maybe the the men who are a little weaker would then think maybe they can get out of combat by being a woman now. So was the military being preemptive there by mandating, sorry, women are going to have the same combat requirement? And so now, once they did this, they won't be able to get these guys who maybe want to get out of being in combat and turning into a woman? I don't think so. You don't think they're thinking that far ahead? No, no. It's trying to destroy our society. I mean, you know, they're they're trying to make black, white, and white, black. Oh, yeah. But, um, like, with women in combat... The vast majority of women don't want to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. So there's all there's only a small subset of all the women in the military that would even fancy being in combat. Yeah. And of them, there is a much, much, much smaller number that can even meet the standards that would be required to be in the infantry. <clears throat> and even when they get into it, if they get into the infantry, they're not going to be able to day in and day out for years at a time mm-hmm. um, keep up. 
Uh, they're certainly not going to be able to keep up with the same regimen as SEALs or Delta Force or a Green Beret. Now, they can assist with them, and they can support them in different ways, but they can't do what SEAL Team 6 did when it took out uh, Osama bin Laden. There's no woman who right. could who could meet that standard, and I don't... There's no woman who could do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe on a day, one day, somebody could meet that standard. But to be somebody in SEAL Team 6, you have to be in the SEALs for 10 years, meeting those standards, exceeding those standards every single day, all day long, for years on end, and there's no woman who's capable of doing that. So it's a moot point in one sense. <clears throat> and... um and anybody who's a warrior is not going to allow somebody into their unit who's going to um, potentially cause them or one of their friends to be killed because they can't keep up. So that's not going to happen. However, it's just it's just more of the degradation and the tearing down of society and morals and whatnot. Yeah. It's interesting that we've come this far that I mean there already are different standards for men and women like physical standards mm-hmm. in the armed forces. Mhm. So how I I don't understand how they're going to then how do you how do you balance that? Because do they just throw them out? You know, like I said in the article, who, who, I mean, do they get the 35 push-ups or 13? Which one do they do? And, or do they throw that out and just everyone has to do the same and everyone will have to do 13? Well, well, I'm in for that. It, I'm not really. But. Well, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to lower the standards acro- across the board. If every if everyone has to be treated the, exactly the same, and then you can be a man or woman and have the same treatment no matter what, and then you can decide and change that in the middle of the process, apparently... You can't have a different standard because then someone's going to adjust who they are to go through a different door, basically. Well, plus they're looking at our military and its functions different than what it's supposed to be used for. Right. I mean, the military is supposed to kill people and wreck things. That's That's what they're supposed to do. If your military can't do that... Then you don't have a military, right? So I, you know, this whole, this whole, uh, I, you know, softer and gentler military is idiotic. It's like, uh, you know, um, yeah, I don't want to get into it. <clears throat> anyway, so come on, really? <laughs> oh, brother! <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. The end of June, 2016. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. on Facebook at David Allen Show. Uh, Instagram, David Allen Show. Uh, Gmail, you can send us a message at G- David Allen Show <laughs> at gmail.com. Ooh. Hey, sh- hey. hey, she's going to have to pretty soon. House. Wow. Uh, All right, uh, Washington State. 
Oh. I've never been a huge fan of Washington, but anyway. What about the state? Up to, no, 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 I like the, from what I know of the president, I don't mind him. But. Uh, a press release, re, a press release was released uh, to, quote, provide the guidance to teach, reinforce, and apply all of the state's learning goals. In this regards, sexual education standards. Kindergarten. Children must understand there are many ways to express gender. Grade 1. Uh, the school will explain that there are many ways to express gender. Grade 2. Understand there is a range of gender roles and expression. Understand the importance of treating others with respect regarding gender expression. Grade 3. Explain that gender roles can vary considerably. Understand importance of treating others with respect regarding gender identity. Grade 4. Identify how friends and family can influence ideas regarding gender roles, identity, and expression. Demonstrate ways to show respect for all people and define sexual orientation. Grade 5. Describe how media, society, and culture can influence ideas regarding gender roles, identity, and expression, promote ways to show respect for all people, identify trusted adults to ask questions about gender identity and sexual orientation. Grade 6. Understand the range of gender roles, identity, and expression across cultures. Grade 7. Distinguish between biological sex, gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation. Grade 8. Recognize external influences that shape attitudes about gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation. Grade 9. Evaluate how culture, media, society, and other people influence our perceptions of gender roles, sexuality, relationships, and sexual orientation. What? Let's start them young. Why not? Why... Why does anybody think that this is the school's job? <laughs> Did you... I don't know if you knew this, at least in Minnesota. It used to be that um, each school district was independent. Oh, not that. And in this independent school district, the citizens of that area voted on the curriculum that they would have in the school district. And you would go and you would uh, uh, you would quiz your county commissioner about the curriculum in your school district. So the people where you lived determined the school the curriculum, but more importantly, the parents taught this mm-hmm. type of stuff because when they say when they talk about sexual orientation and how society in general determines these things and whatnot, <clears throat> they are they are making truth statements to these impressionable yeah. young kids. It's not like they're giving both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. They are saying this is true, mm-hmm. and. For the vast majority of the people in the United States, when they say this is true, they're they are saying to the vast majority of the United States what you believe is wrong. 
Yeah. So, so if you send your kid to a school, you are sending them into an indoctrination factory to have them taught things that are contrary to your values. Mm-hmm. Well, and to truth. And to truth contrary in general. Contrary to reality. Contrary to science, really. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. This is the David Allen Show. Oh, yeah, that's us. Hey. 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 So our college kids, we've kind of mocked them in the last, over the course of the last several weeks, we've we've kind of mocked the insanity of our spoiled, rotten college kids. Apparently, um, are we getting sued? No, not yet. Oh, okay, good. Not yet. Um, but a couple students got a little uh, taste of reality. College kids have a pretty easy time getting their way on campus. Just make enough stink and the universities will cave. Unfortunately, these students eventually reach a little place called the real world, where things aren't so forgiving. One recently wrote in in to an advice columnist because the antics he'd gotten away with elsewhere suddenly didn't work. He didn't do it at his work, did he? (laughs) You see... Junior was at his internship, and he wanted the company to have a more lax dress code. Plus, they noticed one of the regular staff wearing shoes that weren't in line with the regular standard dress code, and that just wasn't right. So this individual got together with his fellow interns and wrote up a proposal for an alternate dress code, accompanied with a petition, and sent it on. (laughs) Yes! Sounds college-y. Awesome! This is a quote. From the article. The next day, all of us who signed the petition were called into a meeting where we thought our proposal would be discussed. <gasps> it didn't. Instead, we were informed that due to our unprofessional behavior, we were, go- we were being let go from our internships. We were told to hand in our ID badges and to gather our things and leave the property ASAP. Excellent. We were shocked. The proposal was written professionally like examples I have learned about in school. <laughs> And our arguments were thought out and well-reasoned. We weren't even given a chance to discuss it. The worst part is that just before the meeting ended, one of the managers told us that the worker who was allowed to disobey the dress code was a former soldier who lost her leg and was therefore given permission to wear whatever kind of shoes she could walk in. This can't be real. You can't even tell. And if we had known about this, uh, we would have factored it into our argument. The reality is that colleges, the educational institutions that are theoretically supposed to prepare these kids for the real world, did these students a disservice by treating every petition or pet cause as valid, allowing the inmates to run the asylum. And when the students hit the real world... Did that really happen? Did you make that up? No, I wish I did. Oh, Oh, that is excellent. (laughs) 
I mean, like you said, I mean, you feel bad for the students that that have been that have uh, been raised in a household potentially where they haven't been taught the the value of hard work and mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and uh, being thoughtfully obedient to the authorities over you, right? Um, and then they went to a college and that got amplified, <laughs> but it's still. To, I mean, it's gratifying, even though you can kind of feel bad for the guy. I know, but it is kind of fun. It's kind of fun. <sighs> so apparently it was sent into a website called askamanager.org. Were they like, this was wrong? A reader writes, I was able to get a a great summer internship at a company that does work in the industry I want to work in after I graduate. Even though the division I was hired to work in doesn't deal with clients or customers, there still was a very strict dress code. I felt the dress code was overly strict, but I wasn't going to say anything until I noticed one of the workers always wore flat shoes that were made from a fabric other than leather or running shoes, even though both of these things were contrary to the dress code. I spoke with my manager about being allowed some leeway under the dress code and was told this was not possible, despite the other person being allowed to do it. I soon found out that many of the other interns felt the same way, and, was, and the ones who asked their managers about it were told the same thing as me. We decided to write a proposal stating why we should be allowed to s- allowed someone, why we should be allowed someone leeway under the dress code. Some leeway. We accompanied the proposal with a petition signed by all the interns, except for one who declined to sign it, and gave it to our managers to consider. Our proposal requested that we also be allowed to wear running shoes and non-leather flats, as well as sandals. Not flip-flops, though. And other non-dress shoes that would fit under a more business-casual dress code. It was mostly about the footwear, but we also incorporated a request a request that we not have to wear suits and or blazers in favor of a more casual but still professional dress code. And this is when they got hauled in and fired. I have never had a job before. I've always focused on school, and I was hoping to gain some experience before I graduate next year. I feel my dismissal was unfair and would like to ask them to reconsider, but I'm not sure the best way to go about it. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Oh, nope. Do what you're told at your job. No. Was the advice? Did the manager empathize with her, or and it had to been a girl? Oh, firing the whole group of you was a pretty extreme reaction, but I can understand why they were highly annoyed. Uh, Y'all, pretty y'all were pretty out of line. You were interns there, basically guests for the summer. Their rules are their rules. This is like being a house guest and presenting your host with a signed petition to change their rules about cleaning up after yourself. You just didn't have the standing to do that. To be clear, that doesn't mean that you need to suck up any and every condition of an internship. You don't. But this wasn't something like asking you to do unsafe work or work unreasonable hours. This was asking you to abide by what sounds like a very common and reasonable professional dress code. They presumably have that dress code because right or wrong, they've determined that it's in their best interest. Sometimes these sorts of dress codes make sense. Like when you're dealing with clients who expect a certain image. Other times they don't. 
but you really, really don't have standing as interns to push back on it in such an aggressive way. And beyond standing, you don't have enough knowledge as interns to push back so aggressively. Knowledge of their context, their clients, and their culture. But you could have done... What you could have done was to say, uh, would you talk to us about the dress code and explain why it's important? We're sure we'll run into this again in future jobs, but coming from the more casual environment of school, it's not intuitive for, to us why so many businesses have formal dress codes. We'd appreciate getting a better understanding. I would fire them after if they asked that, oh, too. Oh, I totally would. <laughs> I'd be insane. like, no, nope, you're done. Right. You are you are absolutely done. If you have no work experience and you come here with a sense of entitlement, right. go away. Go spend four years in the military, and when you get out, I might I might listen to you. But you didn't build this 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 pad. I did. No. So no. Obama go did. away. Bye bye. Never come back again. And if you have children, don't send them this way either. I might take a DNA test <laughs> and then sure. test every intern or and every uh, applicant from now for until I retire, just to make sure one of your spawn doesn't show up on our doorstep ever. That just disgusts me. I know, isn't it insane? <laughs> and I'm spent.
is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. If you're interested to listen live, we stream live on Thursday nights. On MIXLR.com uh, slash the postmaster. If you're interested. Uh, if you go to DavidAllenShow.com, go to the latest episode button, and then uh, directly on that page, you'll have an option to click the live link when we're live. Yeah, I saw this uh, article. Um uh gazette.com it's shriver air force base colonel wants adultery case tossed claims law discriminates against heterosexuals isn't that interesting yeah the colonel one of the colonels on the base is uh uh colonel eugene marcus coffee is uh headed for last name is coffee well, I, I'm assuming that's how you spell it, C-A-U-G-H-E-Y, oh. uh, is headed for a, an August court-martial on charges of rape, assault, taking a dirty selfie, and the uh, adultery counts. He was in court Monday for a formal reading, and uh, one of his three attorneys defending him said that the military's definition of adultery as sex between a man and a woman hasn't uh, kept place with its uh, definition of marriage, which now includes same-sex couples. That's because the military's adultery, adultery law requires sexual intercourse as an element of guilt, which the Pentagon, Pentagon defines as an act between a man and a woman. A homosexual man or woman couldn't commit adultery as defined. Really? So his defense team maintains that because gay people get a pass, the charges violate the uh, colonel's rights under the 14th Amendment. Got an interesting point. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a uh, 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 a hard time saying that that. Uh, but that, does does that, that adultery work. law does that require? I mean, does that only pertain to married service people? Married, yeah. Yes. Boy, I mean, based on the condition of our country when it comes to marriage, that's an outdated, outrageous rule. They should get rid of it altogether, shouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, if they're, if they're being consistent yes. to the point of you can be transgender and openly serve in the military, then, I mean, they're throwing that out. They're throwing reality out the window. The, now, or is, typ- it, or is it a family that's true. stability issue? Well, it's more than that. It is... Um, it is uh, order in the military. If um, if you commit a like if if I'm in the same unit as you, and you uh, is it a faithfulness? Is it a trust? It's a it's a trust and order issue. If I can't trust you, um, that's going to uh, create disorder, and you need unity. You need. Um, uh, you you absolutely need trust, especially in combat units, where you where you know that um, when you go into combat, the guy next to you is going to have your back, and mm-hmm. you're you're going to have his. But the other thing too is, I mean, <clears throat> in this case, he's he's a colonel. I, I, again, again, it it goes back to uh, a shifting definition or shifting. Um, expectations. You would think that the higher up that you go, 
the more likely you are going to be the type of person who is going to be stable and faithful and true. Um, this colonel, he could not get a job in the CIA now. Uh, for many years, uh, homosexual uh, CIA would not want a, a homosexual in the CIA simply because if the Russians find out, they could blackmail them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also that that element of, you know, how trustworthy are you? If you see um, somebody's in a committed relationship and you're going to violate that relationship, you're going to actively try to sever that relationship by doing this, a, an intensely selfish act, um, it seems to me that, it's it's a no-brainer, but since we live in this culture, and I don't even know if 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 um, if adulter adultery will get thrown out, they might change the definition to include same-sex partners. Because I, for the life of me, I I don't know. This is different than than the transgender thing with the trans. How? It's different in the sense that it's not as much about trust. It's uh, with the transgender thing. It is you might you a different type of trust. Um, this is the moral trust. The fact that you've made a commitment that you then don't keep. Well, you're not being faithful. You're you're willing to stab somebody in the back. But this assumes that the military stands on the marriage vow as being something to to fight for, and our culture almost doesn't care anymore. Well, so I, if if they're going to be so good and so up hip and with it with our culture, when it comes to everything from someone thinking they're a man when they're a woman, then but, why why would they give a crap about marriage? Because it's an issue of faithfulness. Like, the the military doesn't care if you're single and living together. The military doesn't care if you go out and you, you know, have, a, uh, you know, have 40 girlfriends. They do care if you're married. But why, I guess, is my point. Is, is it strictly because you have, you've decided to make a commitment? It is, it is order. It, it would be the same way, um, I mean, it's basically stealing. I mean, you oh, are. I, I, I believe me. I don't disagree with them. No, I no, just no. think I just think I'm, it's somewhat of a hypocritical stance they're taking. I'm, it's not about the sex. I don't believe at all. It's not about it's the sex. The betrayal. It's be, the betrayal of a trust, and it's you know there's there's things that you ought not do if you're going to be faithful. In in the same way, I mean, it's tre- It's it's a form of treason. Um, but when it comes to a transgender, it's not so much. Um, treason or betrayal it's more like I don't trust you because I don't think you can do the job you might be a fine person as far as I'm concerned but I don't think that you can do the job or I think you have a mental illness and therefore you're not trustworthy in that way Mm. but it's not the trustworthy in the sense of if I tell you something if, if I leave I'm not sure you're going to make a pass at my wife um that's a totally different thing you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and that breaks down the the, uh, the um, morale of a unit and everything. If if you can if you can mess around as much as you want with no repercussions, I mean, it's going to um, it's going to cause military order disintegrate. So, 
but he makes a he, he makes a, a point that I you know it's hard well it, it is a good point yeah because where I mean where does it end and um when we were talking when you're talking about the transgender issue um if some I I'm not I I haven't read it and I don't know if this is the whole I'm transgender but I'm not going to get an operation versus I'm transgender and I'm getting an operation. So if they are saying that people who are going through um the transition like Chelsea Manning. Yes, like Chelsea Bradley Manning. Yes. Mm-hmm. If they're going to go through that and they allow that into the military and allow them to stay in the military, then I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why they don't allow diabetics to stay in the military. Because if you're going to go through that transition, mm-hmm. you have to take hormones for the rest of your life. And if you are a man who, quote-unquote, became a woman, mm-hmm. you have to um, mechanically open and keep open the vaginal cavity that was made for you? That was made for you, much like uh, an earring. If you take out the earring, it's going to close up. It's mm-hmm. the same way with a quote-unquote uh, woman who was once a man. So if you have to do all that work and you have to take hormones or everything reverts back, mm-hmm. um, you can't be... How are you any good to a unit? Yeah, exactly. If if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you I mean, you can't be out in the middle of nowhere. So isn't it discriminating against people that have a legitimate medical disorder? Well, but isn't gender dysphoria a legitimate medical disorder? Oh, I technically I, yes. still no, it is. But so, I mean, they don't identify it as that. Well, no, I understand that. But if it is, which it's still in the manual, but is it the diagnostics and statistics manual? I believe it's in the latest version that's current. Gender dysphoria is. I believe so. Huh. Oh, well. well We'll look that up. We'll have to look that yeah. up. Um, Body dysphoria, you know. Dysmorphia. Or, or dysmorphia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that might be. But, th- I mean, that's like saying a wolf is not a dog. I mean, it's a canine. Right. Um, it, it's the same general thing. But if they allow, and again, this goes back to the whole discussion of our society, if they allow this disorder, this mental condition... To be acceptable and championed in our military, th- they can't stop at anything else. No, no. You almost have to logically, include everything else. Yeah, if, yeah if, logically. Yeah. But I think logically you wouldn't even go down the road. Yeah, Exa- but, exactly. If they were using logic, they wouldn't have gotten to this point. Right. But then the other question I had is, or thought I had, was that if you are a woman, quote-unquote, transitioning into a man, quote-unquote, um, you have to take testosterone in order to get the hair and whatnot. Um, but if you are an Olympic athlete, testosterone will help you for if you're a man. It's one of those banned substances that you can't take. Mm-hmm. So at what point, if a woman wants to um, compete as a man and takes testosterone, mm-hmm. why can't a man take testosterone? If he's competing. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That would be called doping. Yeah, it would be called <laughs> doping. But why not? 
Uh, why can one person do it and another one can't? Again, goes back to logic. And- okay, so thinking of now, we just jumped to Olympics. Um, have you seen some of these trials of these swimmers and these gymnasts? Uh-uh. Whoa. The well, gymnast, mainly, I, I the, the male gymnast. I would, but I'd have to care first. <laughs> and since I don't care, then I, I don't get to the second point. But anyways, continue. <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> these guys are ripped out of their minds. I cannot believe how absolutely massive, muscular these these gym, the male gymnasts are. Yeah. It is insane. I saw, but they're tiny. They're not big people because they can't be big people. They can't. They can't. They're they're all like five three or four or something. Michael like that. Phelps. Now a swimmer, swimmer. That's different. His physique is insane. Yeah. It looks like he's on the juice. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. He's on the he, ganja man. In, in past years, he's been very fit and cut. But I know it's a weird conversation to have, but he it's huge. These guys are huge. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, what are they doing? Is training that much different now that they're just bulking up like mad? Yeah. Like t- uh, two of the gymnasts that I watched look like they could easily compete in a bodybuilding competition without without question. Just the definition and the, the bulk they have. Huh. And that is weird. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating, though. No, I mean it. So maybe they're all taking testosterone. Who knows? Yeah. But everything's a science now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure... uh, And and here's the thing when it comes to, um, like, steroids and other drugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't tell me that they're... They're, they're not constantly de- trying to stay ahead of the testing curve. Tr- you can't tell me they're not constantly trying to develop a new drug that will enhance performance that nobody knows about. And for a few years, they can take it until they find out about it, and then they start testing for it, and then they stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. DSM-5. The Diagnostics and Statistics, uh, I think Statistics, um, Manual, the fifth iteration, I believe, under Sexual and Gender Identity Disorders, number 302.85, Gender Identity Disorder in Adolescents or Adults. It's it's a disorder. Uh, A, a marked incongruence between one's experienced slash expressed gender and assigned gender, or at least... Of at least six months duration, as manifested by two or more of the following indicators. So, One. What? So DSM six will have to take it out. I, I presume. Yep. And they they actually in, farther down the list here they um are uh, end notes. It is proposed that the name gender identity entity uh, gender identity disorder or GID be replaced by gender incongruence or GI. Good idea. Uh, because the latter is a is a descriptive term that better reflects the core of the problem, an incongruence between one or between on the one hand what identity one experiences and or expresses, and on the other hand how one is expected to live based on one's assigned gender, usually at birth at birth. 
in a recent survey that we conducted among consumer organizations for transgendered people, um, many very clearly indicated their rejection of the GID term because in their view, it contributes to the stigmatization of their condition. So let's just call it something else and make us all feel better. This is actually the International Foundation for Gender Education website, ifge.org. So they lay it out and then they have their things they want changed in it. So uh, two or more of the following indicators. There are six possible indicators of a GID, gender identity disorder. Uh, number one, a marked incongruence between one's experienced expressed gender and primary and or secondary sex characteristics. Two, a strong desire to be rid of one's primary or secondary sex. What in the world? Secondary? sex characteristics because of a marked incongruence with one's experienced expressed gender. Three, a strong desire for the primary and or secondary sex characteristics of the other gender. Four, a strong desire to be of the other gender or some alternative gender different from one's assigned gender. Who knew there was more than two? <clears throat> Five, a strong desire to be treated as the other gender treated as the other gender now that's weird six a strong conviction that one has the typical feelings and reactions of the other gender are you kidding me <laughs> i mean i yeah so i mean i i've gotten past the point where i think that i mean i don't think that if you struggle with same-sex attraction that there's potentially any therapy that is necessarily going to change your desires from if you're a man to an, for, to a, a woman. Um, and if somebody um, if somebody is struggling with uh, with this GID, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I, gastrointestinal disorder. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not it. Sorry. I, you know, perhaps they will never get past the point where they feel like a woman trapped in the man's body. But as a Christian, my response is, okay, so, so. Right. So if, um, uh, if you're a pedophile and you just naturally have a desire for small children, does that mean you act on it? Well, we read that article from that guy a few shows yeah. back about that. Yeah. And... Um, time and again, that Trey Johnson, that one, wasn't that his, Trey Anderson? Trey Anderson, that one uh, Christian singer from that one group came oh, out gay. Oh, um, yeah, August, well, no, what was it, uh, Everyday Sunday. Yeah, yeah Everyday mm -hmm. Sunday. Okay, he had three kids. Right. Okay. Married for seven or eight years, something like yeah. that. Yeah, now, those three kids, I think he's the father of those three kids. So what are the implications? Mm. If he's the father of th three kids, then that means that he had sexual activity with his wife. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you, you can't tell me right. um, you're not able to do it. Just because you have a desire for something, does that mean that an alcoholic has to drink alcohol? Right. Does that mean a meth head has to take meth? If you're a heroin addict and you stop heroin, you might desire heroin for the rest of your life, but that doesn't mean that you take heroin. We are all broken people. 
We all have desires that are inappropriate. Who cares? That doesn't mean that you you act upon it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. And that's what I have to say about that. Yes. (laughs) Well, we are in the process right now uh, of making a connection with uh, Boots on the Ground from from the West Coast, from the heart, the the, the belly, the belly of the beast. Let me see if I can. We're we're attempting to raise them on uh, on the line. <clears throat> Let's uh get a little bit of traveling traveling music. We'll be right back. Hopefully with our special guest. Is and and is this Bridget? Hello. The heck? Hello. 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 Is this Bridget? Bridget. Hey, is this you? I'm I'm sorry. Hello. Is this Hello? our? Uh, Hello? This is uh, the, this David is the David Allen show, and uh, we're trying to get a hold of our uh, our correspondent on the West Coast. Hello. Uh, are are they are they some of these millennials that really like don't have a any kind of uh, care any kind of care in the world? Or any sense of decency? Do they have decency? any kind of sense of decency at all? Hello, can Hello? you hear us? Hello? Can you hear us? Yeah. Okay, we have our correspondent. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's great that we were able to connect with you. Um, we sent you out to, uh, uh, to the... Uh, excuse what? me? Yeah, yes, to San Francisco, Cisco to cover a very important parade 
the uh, gay pride parade. Pride. Yeah, 40, what, 46? Yeah, I think it's the 46th. So four years will be the big one. Uh, four, so you're saying it is almost 50 years old. Yep. 46 years. So 1970 was the first year of the Pride Parade in San Francisco. Okay. So tell me about it. Tell us about it. Um. So, yeah, we were there. Um, their fashion sense was a little bit off. Yeah, like, I don't know, we saw a few days. Um, the, I saw this lady, she had, like, angel wings. They were kind of pretty, um, I don't know, like, a lot of people weren't wearing too much, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, what was, was your, okay. what was your general impression of, uh, of the, uh, of the audience, were they uh, happy to be there? Uh, happy to be there for us, but we were like in San Francisco. So no, but she just died. People were yelling, so I'm pretty sure they were affirming. I'm sorry. Do you? Um, so, sorry to interrupt. Do you? Do you? Have, is there someone there with you? Yeah. Ver- Veronica. Oh, oh, oh Veronica. Oh, uh, is she, is she on? Can she hear us? Yeah. Veronica. What was the most important thing that you saw at the parade? Uh, Veronica? Oh, no, we lost him. What? I'm sorry. So close. I mean, hold on. They may be back. Uh, hello? Hello? Did you? Oh, we lost him again. We will try to get them back. Riveting. Riveting report. It was right a riveting there. report. We were getting into the meat and potatoes of the report, and somehow the line was severed. So, uh, conspiracy thinking, um, there's information that they don't want us to know. There's something. Someone There's something there. Right. Can, can, can you call them back? Let's see if we can r- r- ring them up again. <clears throat> Come on. Come on. Oh, that's a good sign. The phone is ringing. No. They're probably in so much. Hello? Hello? Sorry. Hello? Sorry, we lost you. Oh, okay. Oh, were you guys out? Where were you? Where, Where have you been? Veronica was uh, just telling us about what she had seen. I'm guessing Veronica was one of the participants in the parade. Is Veronica your real name? Are you a woman? Yeah. Hello? I am a woman. Oh. And my name is Veronica. So tell us about the parade. Well, now I I have a question. You said you saw people that weren't wearing very much. Is that correct? Yeah, 
So, right. so is it counter like? Is it counterintuitive for them to be giving shirts away? Are they trying to cover these people up, or were they encouraging them to shed their clothes? Um, I think it was a personal choice. You know, like the whole parade was about. Um, uh, what was the parade about? Did you see ISIS there? Did you see ISIS? Are you sure that was not uh, one of the people in the village people? From the village people. Are you, are you sure that was an actual police officer and not a homosexual dressed up as a police officer? Oh, like a naughty cop. No. They did not have short shorts on. Yeah, no. It was legit. Was that because it wasn't very hot? So, Veronica, what was your biggest takeaway from being at the parade? Um, well, while I was there, I got some, some shoes on sale at a store, so that's probably my biggest takeaway. You stole some clothes from a store. That is, uh, that is breaking news. Confessing to a felony on the radio. That's very courageous of you, Veronica. Well, so you did I not did steal them. You had you had Bridget do it for you. Again, again. That is. Okay. okay, are you trying to interview us on the parade or not? Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm part of the. I wondered if when I asked for the takeaway, I thought maybe you wondered if it was um, like Chinese. Or if you'd go in for like some sushi takeaway, or I, I wasn't sure, maybe some Indian takeaway. Is that what you were thinking? I was referencing food. What? I literally did not hear that. Never mind. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, well, it, it's it's been riveting uh, 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 talking about it uh, politically. Um, did uh, did. Were you able to uh, to interact with any Trump supporters? Um, no, but we noticed driving to Camp Brown that a lot of the farmers like Trump. They do. There were signs in their field. So are, like farmers, Trump. How how much Bernie did you see? Uh, quite a bit actually. I think we saw some bumper stickers, and I feel like I'm fine. And yeah, when we went to the project, we actually saw a lot of Bernie stickers too. So were they were they, were they the stickers that said "Feel the Burn"? Yeah. Did you oh, yeah. see any of the um, new uh, Gary Johnson stickers? The uh, third-party sticker, the libertarian, uh, that libertarian, the the Feel the Johnson stickers out there anywhere? Uh, no. And now that I'm thinking about, it, I didn't see any Hillary stickers, only Bernie stickers. In, in in all of in all of San Francisco, that is amazing. That is breaking. That is breaking. No Hillary. A, a blackout of Hillary. 
maybe it's because of all of the hills in San Francisco, because the people feel the burn when they're walking up the hills, so they can really, um, like, feel something in common with Bernie, because they oh, cause actually, burn on a daily Those day. muscles are burning, right. Sure. Yeah. Right. That that actually makes lots of sense. <laughs> or does it? Well, <clears throat> you know, uh, we appreciate all your hard work and your very uh, comprehensive report. And um, uh, perhaps we're going to call on you in the future. Uh, okay. Yeah, just whatever. Okay. Well, so uh, what's next for you two before you go? We're in LA County. Uh, I don't know. We're in LA County. We're going to hit up uh, the beach soon. So, uh, I are, don't know. Are you in the market for surfers? It, I don't know. I guess I don't want to that still. Is that why you're there? Are you there for surfers? Uh, I mean, if it happens, it happens. Or, or are you there? Are you one of these paid protesters? What? Are you a paid protester? For what? Um, the Democrats? <laughs> I, I, against Trump? You, you seem to know that there was a lot of Trump stuff. Um, are you building up ammunition so you can go tear those signs down? Are you getting paid by the uh, hour to do that? Or did you uh, no. see anybody? No, that's dirty work. We don't do that. Oh. Um, no, that's dirty work. Like, that was a crappy field. We're not going to go there. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate it. Um, we appreciate this... it very much, and I'm going to say something in your natural language. Thanks a lot. And come back some other time, okay? Yes. Thank you, Bridget and Veronica, coming to you from the belly of the beast in San Francisco, California. This is the David Allen Show. Hello? Hello? <laughs> DavidAllenShow.com. Hey, that's us. I hope you uh, enjoyed that fine little uh, <clears throat> report from the road. <laughs> we, I mean, we appreciate all their, uh, their, their insights, hard, hard work, Something. and millennial insight. Um, thank you. V&B, or B&V. <sighs> Indeed.
That's a really good question. Who can it be now? <clears throat> men at work? Oh, no. It is, it is men at work. No question about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. Um, we appreciate you sticking with us with that interview. It was a little bit hard, but when you have men on the when, boots on the ground, when you have boots well, on the ground, high heels on the ground, high, although uh, she did, they didn't say- Pumps oh, on the ground. Veronica made mention that she uh, acquired some new shoes. Yeah. She says she got them on sale, but we don't know that. Um, yeah. They could have been pumps, heels, flats, something. So- um, she implied that she she stole them. At least that's that's uh, the that's how you heard it. That's yeah. how you heard it. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because that that's always best. How you heard it is how it is. Um, Orlando, and not Bloom, uh, the city, had a shooting a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Andrew Napolitano, the judge, ex judge, I guess. Uh, has this to say? Were there one? Well, then it could explain that one-off it's, scenario it's that they originally talked about. To tell, this, this was is, not a one-off, right? The, no. the, these are in two parts. There's an actual transcript, and then there's a summary summary of the rest. Here's right. what's news in the summary: mm-hmm. nobody died until 5:13 in the morning when the SWAT team entered. Mm. Prior to that, no one had been killed. The 53 that were injured mm. and the 49 that were murdered all met their fates at the time of and during the police entry into the building. Holy cow, are you kidding? Oh. That wasn't like speculation, like, yeah, we don't think that. It was, he, he made the claim, he asserted. Well, I mean, based we, on the, the we heard information all those, all those rounds go oh, off. Oh my goodness, yeah. But that seems strange to me. Then that would mean that there were okay if there was fifty killed and forty nine injured, there are a hundred people still in that place after three hours. Well, if he took people hostage, or is he or is he saying that the the report that's what the report says? But is he criticizing the report as? I mean, it's one thing to say that, but then to go, but that can't be possible. Something's wrong with this report. I mean, I could. That just seems strange that it would be that many killed. I mean, because the police that were supposedly engaging him right away, and there were, weren't there some nine one one calls. Which what what my understanding is when that off duty officer, whoever engaged him, shot at him, shot back early on. Yeah, he quit shooting and took hostages with him. Huh. And then the cops retreated and hung out outside, and for the next two or three hours, yeah. But did is there this, enough this room negotiation? to have hundred people? Well, weren't there? Wasn't it? I thought he was in the. Yeah, but I thought the, he was place? like in the bathroom or in the back of the. Huh. And if there were a hundred people in there with one person with a gun, and there's a hundred people there, um, it just seems hard for me to believe that somebody wouldn't have rushed them or tried to disarm or do you know what I mean? Because that's a huge crowd of people in a very confined space right. and but, nobody made a break for it. But you um, break holes in the wall with a Bearcat. Well, we heard like 150 vehicle. rounds go off and then they however many. Right. And then they say, then the people started pouring out of those holes after the cops had broke broken down the walls um then the guy came out apparently guns blazing and the cops unloaded 
literally, they all had to just panic must have set in. Really? Yeah, that's... But to fire on the holes with people coming out of them, if that's what happened, my goodness. Okay. Now, from my point of view, if that actually happened, if the report said it, there's... I don't... um, It's disturbing that if they screwed it up that bad, but it's far more disturbing the implications if 50 people were killed and 49 injured... At 5.13 in the morning, supposedly two hours or three hours after this whole thing started. To me, if that is the case, if that actually happened, that is terrifying. Yep. Because that means that the government came in and they were able to cover that whole up, that whole thing up. And did they use this as a pretext to try to get more gun control? I mean, well, that's the that's the position that is typically taken. Or was the SWAT team and the police department so incredibly incompetent? Yeah. <sighs> wow. Well, you for can, sure, this is one of those things that we'll definitely have to keep an eye on, out for it. Because can you imagine if if my child was killed or injured um, and I found that out? Um, can you say class action lawsuit? Something. Hundreds of millions of dollars <clears throat> for mm-hmm. every person because there's no possible way. If that was the case and the cops killed most of them. If not all of them, well, not that, all of them. You know, that I'm sure was maybe a, one or two maybe, didn't get killed by the cops. Maybe, but but to point, and this is the thing that that I don't understand, and I don't know if it's just a cover our own kind of mentality, mm-hmm. but instantly every report was this guy killed fifty people, and now it's down to forty nine. <laughs> That's kind of the number that everyone talks about now. Well, he's number fifty, right? But he didn't kill himself. He got apparently yeah. shot by the cops. Usually if they shoot themselves, then they get included in that number. Yeah. But they, I mean, as soon as it happened, oh, this guy shot them all. He's the one that did it. How many other guns were pointed in his direction with people around him? That's what I want to know. I just, um, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm absolutely not saying that it can't happen. So don't get me wrong there. Whatever. Um, but I have a really hard time believing that a, that a large me, large metropolitan area that has a SWAT team, that, they're, that that SWAT team would be that cal, cavalier and just spray and pray <clears throat> because all they do is train on these sort of things. But you, I mean, you heard that audio of the gunfire. Yeah. You're telling me every one of those guys firing those guns are pointed in the exact same spot? Uh, if they see them? I mean, they're not supposed to start shooting at some... In, it's not like over in Afghanistan where there's there's some flashes in, in the distance and you just start firing at the flashes. Well, that's you, not what it's supposed to be. <clears throat> True. Yeah, I mean, it's you're going to engage what you can see, you, what what is there. Mm-hmm. And so... to. If that's the case, 
a hundred people getting <laughs> shot. Yeah. Which would I I don't know for the life of me I don't know how that is possible other than the SWAT team is so unbelievably incompetent that it's Keystone Cop time or it was an intentional act which is terrifying. But I but I have a hard time believing that would be the case for a local SWAT team because I've I've interacted with SWAT people and I I know I know somebody who's on a SWAT team on a not in a huge uh not in a yeah a huge metropolitan area but they take it really serious <clears throat> and uh yeah that one we'll have to we'll have to check that one out former house majority leader tom delay thinks there should be consequences for Democrats who violated the rules of the House and turned the chamber into an Occupy campus, or camp. The Texas Tribune reports, if the Sugarland Republican were still <clears throat> running the show at the U.S. Capitol, he said, this is Tom DeLay, he, wouldn't have, he, would, he would have had no mercy for the Democrats participating. Kill them all. Quote, I'm heartbroken. The destruction of dignity, decorum of the people's house, he said. That house doesn't belong to those members. It belongs to the people of the U.S. And for them to just desecrate it like they just did is beyond me. You cannot allow things like this to happen without some consequences, he said. I think what I do is file ethics charges against every member that did this. Delay's comments are similar to those made by House Speaker Paul Ryan this week. At a press conference Thursday, Ryan said, I think what we, I think what we did is we watched a publicity stunt. A fundraising stunt descend an institution that many of us care a great deal about. He he also said he was worried it would set a bad precedent going forward. Now, interestingly, um, uh, on the No Agenda show, uh, someone gave them information. So a, a staffer uh, in Washington mm-hmm. uh, on the Republican side said that. <laughs> this was strictly a fundraising gig because in almost instantly they had met their quarterly fundraising goal by sitting on that floor crying oh. like babies. Really? They didn't give a rip about the bill because the bill in the Senate didn't pass because Democrats didn't vote for it. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with that. Democrats didn't vote for it. So um, it's it's money. This is all utter crap that's being spun and spoon-fed by the stinking media down everyone's throats. Here you go. Take your medicine, slave. Shut up. Take your medicine. I think the the thing that that I get out of this whole thing is that much joy. Is that uh 97%, 98% of the politicians make the other two to three percent look bad that's basically (laughs) what i get out of this that's an interesting way to put it yeah Hmm. so i mean we don't want to to paint with too broad of a brush we don't want to paint all politicians as uh gutless whores we we don't want to do that not all of them not all of them right there's got to be a couple 
apparently, uh, were the Democrats in clear violation of House rules during the sit-in? Uh, according to NBC News, shockingly, yes. House members are violating rules by sharing pictures and video of the sit-in. House rules state that people on the floor may not use a mobile electronic device that impairs decorum. Okay. Interesting. <clears throat> wow. When Speaker Ryan attempted to restore order, this is how Democrats behaved. Incredibly. Uh. Chamber. The chair appreciates that members will differ on matters of policy and will seek to express those differences. But the chair would hope that the business of the House could be conducted in a fashion that, represent, that respects positively on the dignity and the decorum of this institution to which we all belong. For what purpose does the gentleman from Kentucky, Mr. Rogers, seek recognition? No bill, no break, is what they're saying. Which one are the adults and which one to the order of the House are the spoiled of children? 2016, <laughs> the unfinished business is further consideration of the veto message of the President on House Joint Resolution 88. The clerk will report the title of the joint resolution. That poor lady, that clerk, I feel so bad for her. She's got to sit there and read this thing in the midst of this chaos. Oh, man. Will the House on reconsideration pass the joint resolution? The objections of the president to the contrary notwithstanding, the gentleman from Minnesota, Mr. Klein, is recognized for one hour. And then after that, nobody recognizes him. <laughs> Where'd right. he go? Where'd he go? yields back. The question is on ordering the previous question. Those in favor say aye. Those opposed say no. The opinion of the chair of the ayes have it. <laughs> now that's insane, but I get it. Gentleman from Minnesota. A recorded vote is requested. Those favoring a recorded vote will rise. A sufficient number having risen, a recorded vote is ordered. Members will record their vote by electronic device. <laughs> oh man man you know twice. what they should have done i well i don't know what the rules are but i don't know put in a bill that made the democratic party illegal or something <laughs> <laughs> just you to know, stick it to them and then all the democrats would have been absent because they're on the floor <laughs> sitting soiling sucking themselves. their thumbs yeah <laughs> Um, I read something the other day that, uh, this is, there's not even a segue to this. <laughs> okay. So this is, Pew. yeah, this is, this is different. Um, but I want your opinion about it because I, I read this and I didn't know necessarily what to think. Um, so I'm sure I'll get a confused look and. <laughs> in your eyes. But I, I did want to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, 
a lot of people make that make the point that the church is a is a place that is not very open and welcome to the downtrodden or people that are uh are uh I don't know prostitutes you know somebody who's very uh who does things that is socially very looked down upon. And um, I read this article, and the name of the article is Why People Don't Really Like Christians and Why I Don't Really Blame Them. And uh, way too often, I'm kind of in the group that basically rails against a lot of churches um, in how they treat people that are not like them necessarily or are shocked by the behavior of other people. You know, when was the last time you felt, if you went into church and if you uh, if you had, uh, I don't know, you had a problem with, I mean, think of, say you were struggling with homosexuality and you had a fling with, with another guy, how comfortable would you be going into church and confessing that in front of everybody? No, I think our church is probably maybe on the on the good side of that trend, but in how many other churches would you not feel comfortable? Probably most, don't you think? Well, you mean accepted, or no, where you or, could where you could go into a place, and you know that you are that nobody's going to be necessarily unnecessarily shocked, that they are not going to say, "Oh, curl up their lips or or lift up their nose at you," to look at you as if I could never do that. And uh, not a place where you could, uh, if you were struggling with something and you wanted to stop or you were asking for help, that they wouldn't instinctively open up their arms and love you. Are there many churches that you've gone to that you think uh, a homeless heroin addict who was a male prostitute could go into it? and uh, feel like they were loved? I would probably say most of them that I've been at. That you've been at? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I would say most of the churches that I've gone to, that's not the case. They might, it might be a theoretical thing. Now, are you talking the parishioners or the leadership? The parishioners. Oh, that could be different. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about the leadership. Okay. I'm talking about the prisoners. Hmm. Well, anyways, I got to read this thing. But do you want to take a break first? All right. I have this this article that I read. Like I said, the title of it is 
why people really don't like Christians and why I don't really blame them. In the beginning, the beginning of the article, it says this. <clears throat> um, and this lady is copying it from some other place that she saw this. So this is a quotation that she read. And she said, a prostitute came to me in wretched straits, and I believe it was um, probably a pastor who wrote this. A prostitute came to me in wretched straits, homeless, sick, unable to buy food for her two-year-old daughter. Through sobs and tears, she told me that she had been renting out her daughter, two years old, to men interested in sex. She made more renting out her daughter for an hour than she could earn on her own in a night. She had to do it, she said. I could hardly bear hearing her sordid story. For one thing, it made me legally liable. I'm required to report cases of child abuse. I had no idea what to say to this woman. At last, I asked if she ever thought of going to a church for help. I will never forget the look of pure, naive shock that crossed her face. Church, she cried. Why would I ever go there? I was already feeling terrible about myself. They just make me feel worse. What struck me about this story is that is that women much like this prostitute fled towards Jesus, not away from him. The worse a person felt about herself, the more likely she saw Jesus as a refuge. Has the church lost that gift? Evidently, the down and out who flocked to Jesus when he lived on earth no longer feel welcome among his followers. What has happened? <clears throat> so what is your impression about that? Well, I think a lot of people, if they heard that story, would be horrified. And it is a scary situation to be in. But I... It's a sad state that we are in if that is not an option. Mm-hmm. Like if that isn't even a viable place for her to go to get support. Mm-hmm. Because I guess I... It's, it seems odd that that there would be no support in that kind of a case. Here, yeah. You know, because that makes sense. Because that is desperation fully is what it, it's what it sounds like mm-hmm. the end of your rope you do whatever it takes now i'm when i read this i was thinking about a prostitute in america but that maybe this is a prostitute in india mm-hmm. or thailand or wherever yeah. okay but just in america i'm thinking mm-hmm. okay anyways continue your thoughts <clears throat> well i mean to to come in with the idea that this is something I, I I have to keep doing to survive. Mm-hmm. That seems like a reasonable um, position to take. Okay. From that perspective. Okay. Now, I would assume that a church would, with open arms, bring in and, and shelter someone in that situation. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. But I also would hope and assume that in that sheltering, there is a, a, a love and a training and a teaching and a, 
and an encouraging to get out of that and let's do what we can to help you get out of that mess. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to keep living in that. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to kids. When it comes to kids. I had this odd thought about it though. And I I totally agree with you. But then I thought what she had been allowing what she'd been doing or allowing her daughter to go through mm-hmm. to make some money. Um If that is the example, I mean, this is this is taking like a nuclear example. Right. This isn't just a prostitute coming to the church. Mm-hmm. This is a woman who effectively has destroyed her daughter, mm-hmm. who may never recover from this, mm-hmm. ever, because she can make more money renting out her daughter than renting out her body. And <clears throat> there are clearly other issues going on. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting in this article. At, and this is why I said I've always, I bit, tend to be the type of person that will cr- critique the church. Mm-hmm. And if this is an example, <clears throat> this is such a sordid example that I personally could not critique the church for this because I, for the life of me, I don't know how this, what this woman could do. Right. Other than give up her daughter Mm -hmm. and go to somebody who might take her daughter and go starve to death somewhere. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's an option, but I wanted to get your opinion about this because I thought, after reading this, I thought, you know, I feel like a horrible person. I feel like like one of those people that I was critiquing (laughs) because if this woman came to the church that I was at, Mm -hmm. my response, my instinctive response is, why didn't you starve to death before you allow your daughter to go through that? Right. Why don't you rent out your body until you can't do it anymore rather than allowing your daughter go, to go through that? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds so uh, outrageous that, I mean, stupendous. I don't know. I just brought it up because I thought, I I I just thought um I thought we have to be careful when we're trying to make a point. Mhm. Um and it seemed it seemed to me that the, the whole point here was ruined by creating such an extreme example. <clears throat> oh, but, on the part of this blog yeah. writer. Yeah, on this yeah. blog writer. The church is is horrible because this lady didn't feel like she could come into a church. Mm -hmm. Well, the the first thing this person has got to do is they have to report her. So not only couldn't she, I mean, if she comes into a church, to me it seems it's akin if a guy who is a serial murderer 
confess he's a, he's a serial murderer and you say, well, haven't you ever gone to church? Well, they would never, <laughs> they would never accept me. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. clears throat> I, you know, is there any redemption for this woman? Of course there's redemption. But it's going to be in a prison cell. It's not going to be in a church. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Hmm. It was one of those weird stories that just kind of uh I had I had I had heard I had read blogs and you know, people trying to make the point and they make compelling points. But this one was one of those where it's like, okay, you went above and you went <laughs> right. too far. Anyway. Yeah. And I'm spent. <laughs> Oh, bureaucracy running amok. You know, uh, I've been railing against bureaucracy, and one of the big reasons why is that I firmly believe that bureaucracy uh, grows like a cancer when common sense dies. And I... uh, mm. I saw one. I saw an example of the folly of bureaucracy. I don't know if you saw this. No, you said, I think you said you did. It's uh, from Philly.com. Why police were called to a South Jersey third grade class party. On June 16th, police were called to an unlikely scene, an end-of-the-year class party at the William P. Tatum Elementary School in Collinswood. A third grader had made a comment about the brownies being served to the class. After another student exclaimed that the remark was racist, the school, some bureaucrat... (laughs) called the Collinswood Police Department according to the mother of the boy who made the comment. The police officer spoke to the student who was nine, said the boy's mother, Stacy Dos Santos, and local authorities. Now, the mother, of course, said that they overreacted. <clears throat> Wait, and, it was her kid that, that complained? No. Uh, no, the the mother of the child who the police talked to. She oh. said that the police obviously mm-hmm. overreacted. Well, Clearly. why why did they? They want an apology. <clears throat> um, why did they do that? Well, the incident, which has sparked outrage among some parents, was one of several in the last month when Collinswood police have been called to look into school incidents that parents think hardly merit criminal investigation. Superintendent Scott Oswald estimated that on some occasions over the last month, officers may have been called to as many as five incidents per day in the district of 1,875 students. This has created concern among parents in the 14,000 resident bureau bureau, who have phoned their elected officials, met with Mayor James Maley, blasted social media message boards, and even launched a petition calling on the Camden County Prosecutor's Office to stop mandated criminal investigation of elementary school students. The the increased police involvement 
follows a May 25th meeting among the Collinswood Police Department school officials and representatives from the Camden County Prosecutor's Office, where school officials and police both said they were told to report to police any incidents that could be considered criminal, including what Police Chief Kevin Carey called anything as minor as a simple name-calling incident that the school would typically handle internally. The police and schools, now listen to this, were also advised that they should report just about every incident to the New Jersey Division of Child Protection and Permanency. What? Yes. To social services, what? Presumably to take away the kid? Previously, the school district, following the state's uh, memorandum of agreement between education and law enforcement office, uh, officials, had only reported incidents that seemed serious, like those involving weapons, drugs, or sexual misconduct. Both Kerry and school board president David Routson described the protocol set forth after that May meeting as a significant change in procedure. It was pretty clear. It was a pretty clear directive that we questioned vehemently. But a month after the meeting and after police investigations that uh, parents consider fruitless had begun to gain attention, Maley wrote in a public letter that the May 25th meeting was intended to reinforce the applicability of the uh, memorandum of agreement, not to expand its terms. Anyways, now Maley says there was a misunderstanding. Sorry, it came out the way it did. <sighs> Can you believe it? Well, yeah. What disturbs me, and this this is what disturbs me, that everybody from the superintendent down to the teacher just follow the rules blindly. <laughs> right. Well, is it because they're so afraid of a lawsuit? Yeah, but the teacher could have said, uh, just settle down, Susie. She, he said that the brownies were brown. That doesn't mean anything. It just means the brownies are brown. Just settle down. No, we're not going to call them. I mean, a nine-year-old <laughs> isn't going to go, aha, I know my rights. Oh, maybe nowadays. 911! <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. And even then, um, uh, really, a teacher can't control third graders and say, no, we're not going to call the cops? Um, this is an example of bureaucratic folly, uh, because there was no common sense, absolutely no common sense. And, but my question is, if they had used common sense, would that have been held against them? Yeah. So then for, for self-protection purposes in these kind of, uh, systems, you can't use common sense. Clearly. Clearly. Mm-mm-mm. And I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Adams. Remember him? The creator of Dilbert. How could I forget? How could you forget? The humiliation of the American male in 2016. Perhaps the biggest unreported story of this presidential election is the humiliation of the American male. Unless I'm blinded by confirmation bias, which is entirely possible, it seems to me that the humiliation of American men is now institutionalized in the media. 
check out this commercial for a dishwasher detergent he links to. And take careful note of the American man's V-neck sweater. That's the uniform of a man who is owned by a woman. You're laughing because you know it's true. How many of the married men reading this blog have received those same sweaters as, quote, gifts from women? Not me. Personally, I've received about 25 over the years. None from men. I received three of those sweaters so far this year. I throw them away. Nice try. Many of you can't talk about this topic without being accused of sexism, losing your jobs, and being cast out of your social groups. But I can talk about it because I endorse Hillary Clinton for president. I did that for my personal safety because I live in California. But still, I'm on the progressive side now. That gives me some extra freedom of speech. Okay, wait a second. Every time, every article that we've read, he says that. I know. Yeah. Which makes me think, is he really voting for Hillary? Well, I, I think he holds the view that he is But he's afraid mocking of her, his own position. Of, yeah, but I think that's the point. He doesn't like any of them, but he doesn't, he, he's afraid of Trump. It, but he he's basically saying, um, if I say that I'm going to <laughs> right. vote for Hillary, I can get away with what I'm <laughs> right. just about Extra to say. Extra freedom of speech. You yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're following the election polls, you know that Clinton has greater support. That's true. That is true. You get extra freedom of speech. You That's do. true. Yeah. If you're following the election, you know that election polls, you know that Clinton has greater support from women, while Trump has greater support from men. Trump probably can't win the presidency unless he gets massive voter turnout from American men. Will that happen? The dishwasher soap commercial should have should give you a hint of how big that turnout might be. You might not notice the size of the coming tsunami because American men generally don't voice their humiliation in public. That would just make it worse. But in the privacy of the polling booth, the men who don't talk are free to act. You can criticize Donald Trump's on many dimensions. You can say he's not really a great businessman. You can say he's offensive. You can say he lies. You can say hate you can hate his position on issues. You can say he has insufficient policy details and lots more. But I think we all agree that Melania never asked Donald to go back to the store because he's too dumb to buy the right kind of soap on the first try. I predict you will see the largest male turnout of any presidential election in American history. Yeah. In the interest of completeness, in my opinion, Hillary Clinton has already done a great service to the country because, win or lose, she already effectively broke the glass ceiling on the most visible and important job in the nation. If she falls short of the presidency, few people will think it, will think it was because of gender discrimination against women. Clinton has been a strong role model for women and deserves massive credit for that. He just got extra freedom of speech. You bet. Stop telling me in your mind that women have it worse in this country than men. I'm sure women do have it worse than men in this country in lots of ways, but it isn't a competition. My point is that the psychological state of American men in 2016 is one of persistent humiliation for simply being male. That sense of humiliation might be more imagined than real, which is not an important distinction, because either way it affects how people act. And if you don't like V-neck sweaters, you should read my book while not wearing one. Ooh. <laughs> I, I mean... I like Scott. I, I, I'm kind of like thinking that maybe he's not going to vote for, for Hillary. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But he's bringing up points that no one else is. Yeah. And it's a, a very interesting take. 
It's fun. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's like, um, you know, when you play video games, there's certain um, video games, if you get an icon or, or a piece of fruit or whatever, it increases your health points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the same thing there. <laughs> you do, yeah. I'm voting for Hillary. Hillary Increase good. my uh, freedom of speech points. Boop, 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 boop. Bring. <clears throat> Bring. Yep. It's true. I don't know. Do you think... Um, I, 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 I'm sure I'll be wrong because <laughs> I, I am. Okay. Um, I find it really hard to believe that there's, I think he's going to be right because I don't, if, if you're a woman and, uh, it's election day and you have to pick the kids up from school and you have to make a meal and you have to do all these things and the choices between Hillary and Trump I would think it would be very easy to just go Ugh, I'm just staying home I'm not even oh, oh don't even bother yeah what's the point I mean she's horrible and he's hor- I'm just I just don't think that you're going to get the um, the the die in, as good of an uh uh a turnout of the die in the wood uh, Democrats mm. because she's not a there's nothing attractive about her there's nothing I mean I didn't vote for Obama and the only way I would vote for Obama is if you put a gun to my head and I looked deep down into your eyes and knew you would they would pull it you would pull the trigger if I didn't <laughs> then I would contemplate it. I still might not do it, but I would contemplate it. <laughs> um, and so that's how I felt about Obama. But at the same time, when he would talk and do things, I, I, I did feel sympathy. I felt at times, you know, this doesn't he doesn't seem to be that bad of a guy. Mm-hmm. I know it's an act and everything else. But with Hillary, Charade. with Hillary... I mean, she's like Nurse, Nurse Ratchet and the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> I mean, she... She's an abominable human being in every single way. And when she tries to act like a human being, like a normal human being, it doesn't come off. It's like it's like a lizard person trying to act like a human. I mean, it just doesn't work, you know? Um, so I say lizard person. There's a lot of speculation that she's not human. Oh, that's why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she claims to carry hot sauce with her all the time. Apparently, she has had an obsession with hot peppers for years. Because it keeps her healthy. I thought so she, she liked throwing it in people's eyes. Well, that could be the um, the side benefit of carrying yeah. money all the time. When her aides don't have enough room to bring um, uh, puppies for her to torture later, <laughs> she uh, uses uh, hot sauce. Sure. Yeah. Huma, come over here. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> come here. Wait, for what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Open your <Again>. eyes. <laughs> Uh, you, you you remember Brian Williams, no? Uh, yeah, the disgraced journalist. Oh, he's he's the, the liar. Another one. Okay, Embe- embellisher. He's the one the who embellisher. was there when when Kennedy got shot, right? Brian, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, the other guy. Apparently, um. Apparently, He's mad I'm... because Obama is getting 
Um, because he's black. In a paralyzed city reacting to a paralyzed, i.e. tied Supreme Court with an outstanding vacancy, the president who is so often motivated to come into that briefing room and before cameras in a combination of sadness and so frustration often. displayed both today taking a big shot at Republicans, at the paralysis that affects Washington, that rules Washington, even Donald Trump's wall on the way out. And a big statement there on immigration. That was mostly just one sentence. American president reminding his fellow Americans that all of us are from folks who came from somewhere else. So that affects uh, Brian, Washington, that rules Washington, even Donald Trump's wall on the way out. And a big statement there on immigration. This first African-American president. Who cares, Brian? Who cares if he's mm -hmm. the first African-American president? No one cares. Kennedy was the first Catholic president. And Clinton was the first Af black guy. He was the first yeah. African-American president. Yeah. Barry doesn't have that one. No. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I got Thanks that. for getting Did that you ride. see that old uh, Loretta Lynch went and met old Bill Slick Willie on, uh, in I Phoenix? Like, I like Loretta Lynch. I've gone to many of her so concerts. So she's the... <laughs> she's the current... Uh, AG, Assembly, no, uh, Attorney General of, yes. the, of these United States, Yeah. right? Uh -huh. a, he, head monkey. And I don't yep. mean that in the derogatory sense, just he's the head cheese uh, of that department. No? Isn't that weird? Now, when you said that, I didn't even think about that. That was not, I was thinking the same way. Yeah. You're, you're basically saying she's just. She's it. She's the, the top. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But yeah, if if but, I was to say that out loud in public in the some place where say, people are actually listening, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> we weren't on the air. Oh, I'm gonna lose consciousness <laughs> now. <laughs> yes, but yeah, to call someone that, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I call my kids my little monkeys. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. Well, one of them is he climbs all over, so uh -huh. it works. He doesn't fling feces though. Not that we know of. Okay, good. He better not. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, this AG, the, d d what are they? Uh, Attorney the, General? Yeah. Uh, the, um, the top law enforcement. Yeah. Aid. But what, what is that agency? What do we call that? I'm losing my, um, uh, department of justice. There you go. The DOJ. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they aren't, are they not the group that's investigating <clears throat> Hillary Clinton? I think the FBI Can't, is, well, but they're in, under in associate, it, Like, they will bring something, and then the DOJ has to actually yeah. bring the charges? It would be the equivalent of a police department or sheriff's office investigates it and then brings it to the to county right. attorney, right? and then he's the one who's going and to I press see, charges. Right. So uh, they would bring it to the DOJ, and the DOJ is run by the lady that just met Bill Clinton privately on a private jet in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Huh. That doesn't look bad. No, that looks bad. No, I think you're wrong there. <laughs> oh, you were being oh, sarcastic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sarcasm is deep there. <laughs> um, there is talk. Um, Adam Curry speculates that what was promised Ooh. to keep um, her from bringing charges against um, Hillary. Uh-huh. 
is the Supreme Court. Oh, she wanted to go to the Supreme Court? You don't bring charges, and there's this open vacancy, and you'll be it. First black woman on the Supreme Court. Yeah, I... Right? Am I right or am I she, wrong? No, she would be the first black woman. Because there's Hispanic and then there's gay. No, I mean, no, there's Hispanic and old. And... <laughs> sorry. What's, what's the other one? Hispanic, old, and older. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't want to be ageist here. We've got to cover them all, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sandra Day O'Connor was the first female. So, yeah. That was a long time ago. <clears throat> I think that was under Reagan. Mm, yes, she was the, the the wrong one to put in. Well, they all are at some point, really. Yeah. I mean, Roberts has made Scalia some stupid wasn't decisions. Was the and... only one who wasn't, and uh, Thomas, and Thomas. I mean, he barely, barely got in. Mm-hmm. And Scalia's dead. The, yeah, and Scalia's dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got he got dead. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Which we can speculate about that all day long. The thing, uh, I mean, it's coming. There, there's nothing. There's nothing we can do about this, because uh, look at all the Supreme Court justices. They're all old, except Roberts and Alito. And Kagan is the youngest one. Okay, yeah. Okay, but doesn't matter if Trump Breyer gets in. Breyer is hundred years old. Kennedy's yeah, Kennedy, old. Ken, yeah. Oh, okay. Kennedy, big time old. Um, yeah. Beginsburg. She's. Yeah, she's. She's got one I or two feet a, in the grave already. She's in her eighties, but you know, um, say you get a Republican president, say you get a conservative judge. Okay, um, it doesn't matter what they rule on; they'll they'll just bring back. Uh, once one of them quits under a Democratic president, they'll bring back the same issue, but they'll bring it back a little different. Mm-hmm. And then, well, you know, they'll vote that in. So there's no, there, there is no plumb line that these people uh, adhere to. It's certainly not the Constitution. <clears throat> so, as a matter of fact, speaking of that, um, I think he's a, uh, the Seventh Circuit Judge Richard Posner. Okay, he's a judge. He, he's probably in his late 60s, early 70s. Sees absolutely no value in studying the U.S. Constitution because 18th century guys couldn't have possibly foreseen the culture and technology of today. He says, I see absolutely no value to a judge of spending decades, years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, or seconds studying the Constitution. So he's basically saying, shouldn't even study the Constitution, the history of its enactment, its amendment, and its implementation. Um Across the centuries, well, just a little more than two centuries, and of course less for many of the amendments. 18th century guys, however smart, could not foresee the culture, technology, etc. of the 21st century. And he added, let's not let the dead bury the living. <clears throat> so then why should we bother making any laws today? Because we can't foresee what's coming in the next 200 years. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So why bother? Let's just exactly. let's be done. Yeah. Let's just forget it and let everyone do what they want kill someone if they want to save them if they want to build something don't build it it doesn't matter because the law we are not going to be able our to culture see it. right now right yeah however exactly and 
So and uh, these are the smart people, apparently. Well, these are the people that are going to be on on the Supreme Court now. This judge—he's seventy-seven. Judge Richard Posner is seventy-seven. He looks seventy-seven. Nineteen thirty-nine. He was born. Yeah, seventy-seven. Okay, now he went to law school in the sixties. So uh, undoubtedly, he uh, he was cultivated. And uh, and taught, um, he's probably a hippie. I don't know, but anyways, that period of time is really bearing out its fruit right now, <clears throat> because now the people in the '60s who uh, were against the establishment and spat on veterans in the street and wanted to to um, you know have free love and all the rest of it. Uh, they're now the ones who are in our who are the deans of law schools and circuit judges and people who are going to be going on the Supreme Court, and it's inevitable. <clears throat> Posner has written several opinions sympathetic to abortion rights, including a decision that held that late-term abortion was constitutionally protected in some circumstances. Yeah, but why? Why would you say it's constitutionally protected? Well, that's a good point. If the Constitution doesn't matter, if it doesn't matter. Hmm. You might as well say it doesn't matter if the Constitution says. Posner engaged in a debate on the ethics of using animals in research with the philosopher Peter Singer. Oh yeah, he's a he's a nice one. He, I mean, he, he believed that there should be post birth abortions. Who? Peter Singer. Like, oh man, that you should be able to kill your child up to a certain age because uh, small babies and toddlers uh, they can't really burden. think. I mean, oh, okay. You know, they have the mental capacity of a dog or something. You put a or dog a two-year-old. Down. Yeah, or a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, literally, and he's an ethicist, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> with some with with a scumbag like that is considered an ethicist. Right. What's your ethics based upon? I mean, it's not based upon anything. But anyways, public education. In a blog post, Posner wrote, quote, I suggest that the only worthwhile reforms of teacher compensation are raising teacher wages uniformly, providing recognition and modest bonuses for outstanding teachers and increasing hiring standards. How do you define an outstanding teacher? In the same post, he wrote, I am not clear what we should think, what we should think the problem of American education is. Most children of middle class Americans are white or Asian and attend good public or private schools, usually predominantly white. The average white IQ is, of course, 100, and the Asian, like the Jewish, almost one standard deviation higher, that is 115. The average black IQ is 85, a, standard devi- a full standard deviation below the white average. And the average Hispanic IQ has been estimated recently at 89, which means they don't know, but they're guessing. Black children, in particular, often come from disordered households, which has a negative effect on the ability to learn and perhaps indeed on IQ. Increasingly, black and Hispanic students find themselves in schools with few white or Asian students. The challenge to American education is to provide a useful education to the large number of Americans who are unlikely to benefit from a college education or from high school courses aimed at preparing students for college. Huh. His views on same-sex marriage. 
In September 2014, Posner authored the opinions in the consolidated cases of Wolf v. Walker and Baskin v. Bogan, challenging Wisconsin and Indiana's state-level same-sex marriage bans. The opinion of the three-judge panel of the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Indiana and Wisconsin's bans on same-sex marriage were unconstitutional, which, why should that matter? Affirming a lower court ruling. During oral arguments, Wisconsin's Attorney General cited tradition as a reason for maintaining the ban, prompting Posner to note that, quote, it was tradition to not allow blacks and whites to marry, a tradition that got swept away. Posner claimed that the same-sex marriage bans were both a tradition of hate and savage discrimination. Posner wrote, the opinion for the unanimous panel suggesting the law is unconstitutional under the Equal Protection Clause, the Supreme Court then denied writ of certoriary and left Posner's ruling to stand. So he sure, he sure um, uses constitutional, unconstitutional quite a bit for someone that disregards the Constitution. Well, okay, in the Wikipedia, it talked about his... Uh, Truth! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It talked about his uh, philosophical positions, and it's and in here it said today, although generally viewed as to the right in academia, Posmer's pragmatism, his qualified moral relativism and moral skepticism, and his affection for the thought of Friedrich Nietzsche, set him apart from most conservative American conservatives. Nietzsche was the author of the Ubermensch, the Superman, oh. that uh, Hitler um, wanted uh, uh, Germany to, to consist of. Superman, Supermensch. People who understood that nothing matters, that all that matters is power, mm -hmm. and that the Superman is not somebody who's necessarily strong, but he's the one who will set aside... These um, these quaint ideas of right and wrong and morals, and do those things that have to be done, like in Hitler's case, um, the final solution, killing off all the Jews. Those were the supermensch, not letting morals get in your way. Mm. Well, that's Friedrich Nietzsche, hmm. and um, this and this uh, Posner. That's where he lives. Yeah, guess where he lives. Uh, cross street. Nowhere. Chicago. Oh, boy. Let's see. When was he? Con he was confirmed <clears throat> by Reagan. Really? 1981. So he's been, he's been there for 35 years. Uh, consider that. 35 years. And at one time, he was considered conservative. And now, he believes this garbage. Wow. Why in the world is that even possible? Uh, we're doomed. <laughs> That's true. Huh. In 2005, he was named as a potential nominee to replace Sandra Day O'Connor. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> huh. 2005. Guess who? Uh, guess who was president then? <laughs> yep. Yep. Debbie. W. So this is not new. I think, let's see. Ah, get out of here. Eh, er, 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 pause. Sorry, talk to myself. 
This is Neil Cavuto talking to a college student, a liberal college student. I think it's probably... <laughs> you probably don't one. need to... I've seen this one. ...actually uh, tell you that because I think it's a given. Um, just asking her how in the world that um, these positions, I think, that Bernie tends to take of free college, uh, how it's going to work out. Free public college, a cancellation of student debt and a $15 an hour minimum wage um, for people who work on the campus. And how's that going to be paid? Um, great question. Uh, that's a great I mean, question. You know, so With money? I'm not sure if you're talking on like a national level or at no. particular schools. I can sort of touch on both. Please. Um, at well, my university, stuff, Someone has to pick up the tab. Who would that be? Um, the 1% of people in society that are hoarding um, the wealth and really sort of causing um, a catastrophe that students are facing. I mean, we have a, a relationship right now where 1% of the population owns more wealth than the 99% combined. All right, so um, if the 1%, Kelly, if the 1% mm -hmm. just had their taxes raised a few years ago, back to almost 40%, then to pay for the health care yeah. law, they had them raised another few percentage points. Then they had their deductions right. limited to raise another couple points. Neil, stop talking the facts. Locality, they're, they're, they're pushing over about 50% in taxes. How much higher do you think? How mm -hmm. much more do you think they should pay? Um, I think enough until we have enough. a system where as not one in takes. two American families are uh, threatened with poverty. So where I do they that, go? Let's um, say if you tax them, they're smart folks, these people, this, this, these 1% hoarders, right? So if they leave here, <laughs> yeah. then who's going to pay for all this stuff that you want? The other 1%. If they leave. The country. Oh, they're not going to. Oh, um, I mean, there's always going to be a 1% <laughs> in the U.S. Of course. Just it might be different. Genius. Uh, the U.S. is like the bastion of <laughs> um, of capitalism and its success. Why? And I think. Do you that, think the one percent um, <laughs> could pay for all of this? Absolutely. Uh, Eighty-five people in the world hold more wealth than half of the global population. No, wait a minute. I mean, wait, 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 are, massive... we still, are we talking about eighty-five billionaires, or are you extending this to the one percent, or whomever who earn a little bit north of two hundred fifty thousand dollars? At what level, Keely, do you start saying you got to pay? A hell of a lot more than you're paying now in tax. That's interesting because she's going to the 85, the 85 billionaire number. But if you say 1%, that includes a whole lot of people that are not billionaires. Yep. I mean, I think people I mean, earning, I mean, I, um, I mean, I mean, certainly people earning over a million dollars a year mean? Uh, should be contributing to How the much? wellness of society. If it's 50% now, let's say it's around 50% with taxes. We used to have a top rate of 90%. You think we should get back to that? No. Um, I mean, I think that eventually we will get back to that. Uh, I think and you're okay with that? Um, are, are some of your so friends okay sick. with that? Do some of them want to be successful themselves and they'd be happy when they get to a level, maybe over 200,000, 250,000, they start paying 90% of taxes on that? They'll be happy with that? Abs absolutely. I mean, what? I think that. People, what? Come on, you're um, talking to me here. Your friends are going to be happy <laughs> getting to a point in their career when they can look outside and say, finally, I'm able to pay 90% in taxes. This girl has no clue. Obviously, no. Um, you know, people in in your position, you know, don't want to pay ninety dollars. Uh, ninety dollars. Um, oh, that's why she thought it was ninety dollars. High as a kite, you wouldn't <laughs> volunteer to pay ninety percent, right? That's right. Who would? Thug oh. life. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I uh, I I saw that. <laughs>
And I started cringing because I just felt so bad for her because it's like, it's, uh, I mean, he was giving her more rope and she was wrapping it around her neck and then he'd give her some more rope and she was wrapping it around her neck and then, Mm -hmm. and then uh, he'd say something, she'd walk closer and closer to the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that that's um that tells you something. But <clears throat> it it makes me wonder um if some of these people don't believe that unicorns exist. <clears throat> oh, you don't think they you, you think they do think that? Or leprechauns? I'm surprised one of their how are you going to pay for that? Well, we get a lot of there's a lot of people don't have jobs and and we have them look for the gold at the other end of the rainbow. <laughs> and then, like, when they find it, um, we take it and take the gold and pay off things. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, at least if you do it that way, there's a strategy. I mean, you have a strategy. They have a plan. Uh, this gal, she didn't have a plan. Well, well I yes, guess she, she does. Did. Her plan is that the the eighty five yeah, billionaires are gonna pay for her way. They're yeah. gonna willingly give up ninety percent of their money. Oh, we're gonna get there. It's gonna happen. Duh. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. is a bastion of capitalism. We're always gonna have a one percent. Not if you start taxing people ninety percent. Genius. Be nice. Be nice. Just because my path is different doesn't mean I'm lost. There's a quote on the face bag from someone who has dis- who decided that um, they wanted to be lesbian and divorce their husband and go that way. And so that's the motto. Just because my path is different doesn't mean I'm lost. No, you just screwed up your... Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Bernie. What about him? Well. What about him? <clears throat> Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, Joe Biden. Oh, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, sure. uh, what mm-hmm. is his job? What does he do? Joe Biden. Bye, bye, bye. He's the president Biden, of the president Senate. Of the Sen- ah, yes. Yes. Um, Joe by 8.40pm Today June 30, 2016 Vice President Joe Biden Is confident that Bernie Sanders Is going to endorse Hillary Clinton And that the Democratic Party Will unify Okay This is a quote I've talked to Bernie Bernie's going to endorse endorse her This is going to work out Biden said in an interview with Rachel Martin, oh, please, host oh, please, oh, please, of NPR's Weekend Edition, the Democrats are coalescing even before this occurs. Sanders was asked about Biden's comment in an interview, an interview with MSNBC on Thursday evening, that'd be tonight, and said he wasn't quite ready to endorse Clinton. Quote, I talked to Joe. I talked to Joe. I talked to Joe. I think it was like three weeks ago, Sanders said. 
Sorry. Wow. Is he okay? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. He's having a stroke. <laughs> Look, <laughs> on that issue, we're trying to work with Secretary Clinton's campaign on areas that we can agree. The Vermont senator also repeated his pledge, quote, to do everything that I can to defeat Trump. Maybe Sanders said that the two talking. the two camps are discussing issues like free public college and universal health care, which he says are critical to get his supporters to back Clinton. Wait Those, a second, he's talking about universal health care and free that, free public college, but universal health care, shh, no, like they have in Europe. So single payer system. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the. <clears throat> The doctor of democracy. What? Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> what? Sorry. It's one of Rush Limbaugh's monikers. Oh. Um, <laughs> he has the, uh, he has made the claim, the prediction, I should say, that Hillary's next step will be to promise to pay off student loans. If she makes that claim, she's in. I, I think. If if she pulls, if she can make that claim, if she can make a credible claim, right? But that it, they will wipe out, they will write off the debt of student. Holy crap! Can you imagine? Every student is going to vote for her. I think Trump should do it first. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to, to preempt that, I think it's insane either way. But but if yeah, but why not? If if Bernie is pushing her that well, we need free college, free college, free college, free college. Well, it's been since who? Um, Nixon maybe. Okay, I'm where, not a crook. I'm not a crook. <laughs> uh, where um, uh, morality in the presidency mattered. I mean, they said it kind of oh, did. Yeah, but at this point, and yeah, it doesn't I, matter. I mean, if I can get something, if it's all about me, if I can get something free, uh, who cares if she allowed you know. An ambassador to die in Benghazi. Who cares if... Yeah. For politics. To win the presidency for Barry. Uh, Sanders said, Right now, my hope is that we can reach an agreement on some very important issues and I can go forward to the millions of people who supported me and say, Look, this is the progress that you've made. This is where we're where we're going to go as a country. Sanders added on MSNBC. So I hope it happens. As of this moment, we're not quite there yet. This is... Uh, yeah. Last week, Sanders said he would vote for Clinton in November, but hadn't endorsed her because he, quote, hadn't heard her say the things I need to hear her say. Clinton's Democratic rival is still in the race, even though she has enough delegates to secure the nomination in July. Biden will join Clinton for the first time on the campaign trail next Friday in his hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton! Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, here's a little bite from the Biden. I don't think they're fair, but I acknowledge they're there. And I think, uh, I hope that I help her just by vouching for her. I mean, those folks back home know me. And they know my shortcomings, and I have a lot of them. <laughs> and they know my strengths. And uh, He look, said I they know the my strengths. Do, for example, Is this guy drunk? When somebody contributes to a campaign, my, my, one yes. of my campaigns was $10 or $1,000, um, I point out to them, I understand the hardest thing to do is not writing the check. The hardest thing is vouching. When you vouch for them, you say, I'm putting my reputation on the line. 
I believe this person is a good person, hmm. has character. And that's what I'm prepared to or, do for Hillary. Or, or I got paid off. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're going to put me on the Supreme Court. Oh, Biden for the as the Supreme. Oh. Hmm. Nah, I don't think so. I, I mean, think, he's a loon, but come on. Yeah, but I mean, what? He's a politician. I think that they're going to go th- okay, for but some he was ab- head obscure... monkey in the Senate for years. Yeah, and especially on the Judicial Committee, Judiciary yeah. Committee, he was it. Yeah, he's got all those guys wrapped around his finger. He would get in just like that. Yep, yeah, but <clears throat> it's an absurd yeah. thought. But I but think, come on, I think Hillary that... will do whatever it takes to get in there, including oh. kill people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of the Supreme Court, or I don't, have them killed. I don't know if um, if I think they want attorneys because who is they? Uh, the powers that be. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You know. The, yeah. The Illuminati. I don't know whatever you call them. Bilderbergers. <laughs> they they want uh, they want attorneys in, in there. Who can be bought and paid for, or molded, or mm-hmm. whatever? <clears throat> Just because, I mean, it's a very specific uh, I, you know, just because somebody's an attorney doesn't mean that they could hack it on the Supreme Court, right? And w- besides, if you're Biden. Why would you want to be on the Supreme Court? I mean, how old is he? Control. 70? Oh, yeah, yeah, but he can control. run around. I mean. It, he, it's it's probably true that they won't put an old guy. They're going to stick in the 50 to 60-year-old range, I would assume. It's either. Uh, unless it, unless they want to get rid of him quick. It's it's either going to be some, and I, okay, I don't want to make this sound bad, but, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the special class so, oh. like Kagan mm-hmm. was Hispanic woman. Okay, I mean that was a big thing. She was a solicitor and is, general. And, and but, is she not part of the Kagan Empire? Uh, what's that? The Kagans run the Defense Department. I don't believe so, but I is I she could not be part wrong. of those Kagans. I thought she was like a sibling. I don't know. Hmm. Um, because uh, Vic- Victoria Newland or. Her original last name was Noodleman. She's married to a Kagan. Oh, okay. And who's a Republican? How about that? Yeah, but this, I bet she, I mean. She's like the Undersecretary of State, I believe, right now. Under oh. Biden, under Kerry. Okay. Which is fun. But unless they get somebody, you know, one of the, the pet uh, or the token, uh, oh, I don't know. What do you call them? Oppressed. Oh yeah, yeah. People, um, mm-hmm. um, maybe somebody who's gay or transgender. Well, or I'll tell you what. They almost that is. I bet money that's where it goes is someone that's gay, an open gay mm-hmm. judge. Because then it's over, all over. You know. You know what? It's it. This is how weird. I mean, we're pretty rural, and we're pretty. Usually, it's the last place to to be influent or yeah. Where these kind of social things come in, mm-hmm. in a town not too far away from where I live, and not that much bigger. I mean, three thousand people. The uh, city administrator is homosexual, married to a man. Oh, interesting! I didn't realize that. And it's so weird that that's coming out 
this way. Mm-hmm. And um, and basically what it what it comes down to is that these kids are going to grow up and they'll interact and yeah. they'll think, well, he's a decent guy and I'm sure he's a fine guy and they're decent. And you have a church that tells them homosexuality is wrong if they do go to said church. Um, but the parents are kind of hypocritical or lukewarm. And so why would I listen to what this book says when I know somebody who is that way and there's nothing wrong with them, you know? True. Well, this is the David Allen show. Uh, we are wrapping up. I have a quick question yes, before yes, we wrap yes, up. Yes, yes, Do you cover your camera on your uh, laptop? Yes. Mark Z- I figure Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg did it. Exactly. So. <laughs> JCD does it, so. Doesn't that tell you something? That if one of the newest members of the lower-ranking yeah. Illuminati yeah. do it, that maybe we should do it too? <laughs> you think so, yeah. Yeah. The next piece is the microphone, but that's hard to really cover that up. Yeah. Uh, d- real quick before we wrap up, Johnny Manziel. Ooh. Uh, maybe he's taking seriously all the good advice people keep giving him to clean up his act. At least he says he plans to. After this one sweet kegger... He's throwing in Mexico. Manzel told TMZ that he's, quote, going completely sober starting July 1st. Of course, that gives him between now and Friday to get it all out of his system, and it seems like plenty of people with him aren't taking the same pledge. TMZ has photos of a woman holding what appears to be an illicit substance, but Manzel said the drugs weren't his and he didn't know who the woman was. That's a perfect recipe for sobriety, of course. Just like giving yourself time for one last big blowout before becoming an adult. And while he can promise to eat right, give up drinking, and start training like crazy, Manziel's actions have gotten us to the point where no one should put much stock in his words. The fact he was willing to taunt his father in one of his latest social media posts should tell us all we need to know. This... Uh, sports figures. These are the um, role models of our children today. Second to the music that they listen to. Well, I was thinking Justin Bieber, but I mean, you're 22 and you get a contract for $50 million. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I was 22 and not a Christian, I got it. Or it doesn't matter. If I was a Christian, I, I, I would have gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Of course I would have. Then you go somewhere and all these beautiful women throw themselves at you and you oh, get man. free stuff and everybody says you're wonderful. I mean, how could you not be corrupted by that? Right. Not says, Tim Tebow. Hey, didn't make it in the, didn't make it in the NFL. Oh, it's just good. I'm glad he didn't. That's true. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. If I cared about the NFL. Right. Uh, the Olympics are the, the the Olympics are coming. The Olympics are coming. Get your Zika virus out. I mean, don't <laughs> get, get it out. Get it out. Put it on the shelf, everybody. Okay, Tommy, take your Zika virus <laughs> all the way. Okay, Bloop. swallow. Bloop. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, this is episode twenty-one wrapping up. Uh, thanks for joining us for this crazy ride. Uh, we are on iTunes at David Allen Show. 
uh, on the Google Play Store if you are in- insane and have a Samsung device or a uh, Android device. Android. Android. Oh, uh, I, I want to thank uh, Bridget and oh, oh, Veronica. Yes. Brigitte and Veronica. Yep. Yeah, whatever. For coming into the uh, calling in. Yep. For calling in. They, um, they, it was interesting. They actually both graduated from the Moon Unit Zappa High School in Los Angeles. Interesting. Excellent. Well, have a wonderful evening. Any last words? Toodles. See you later. <laughs>